Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control, Control. your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin Control. because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. And welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. It's that time again. Buckle up, pull those harnesses tight, because you're going to get a whole bunch of automotive information shoved into your head. Isn't that right, Les? Absolutely. Um, I tell you, you'd think summer's here, vacations, uh, but the auto industry just doesn't seem to take vacations no that's true and so much going on so much going on we've got a great study to start with from jd power what makes that new cuv so appealing (laughs) and we're going to run down the results of jd power's latest study about automotive performance execution and layout hence the name appeal yes and uh chevy gets competitive with the new uh, all-new Colorado pickup because trucks just aren't big enough. <laughs> um, they they are calling it kind of a mini Silverado. Yeah. Um, the trucks have gotten huge. Yes, they have. And uh, they have a little bit more of a uh, competitive product now. We'll tell you about that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's not a part spin special like the, like the last one was, I believe. And um, we'll look at Ford. They're putting their lightning to work, pursuit work. This could end up being the fastest police vehicle ever because you look at the horsepower (laughs) numbers and and they're huge. Um, So we'll tell you about that. Yep. I'll be getting a lightning in about three or four weeks to test. And uh, between the truck and me, it's a babe magnet. (laughs) well hold on (laughs) buckle up (laughs) that's right look out lady uh anyway tuners remember tuners yeah uh they're now hacking cars uh to activate heated seats and other features that some manufacturers want you to subscribe to so i'm 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 honestly i can't I can't knock it. <laughs> I'm I'm on the on the on the tuner's side. You and I will kick that around. The whole idea yeah. of microtransactions, where you're paying for your nav system, your heated seats, you know, your automatic high beams, all that stuff. Certain manufacturers, BMW, wants to uh, yep. have you pay for that, and a lot of people don't want to do it, and this might well, be a way around it. That's It's nickel and diming, and I'm against that. Yeah, it's like, just tell me the price, I'll pay for it. The heated seats, yeah. all the gear probably cost no more than $500. That's right. Once I buy it, it's mine. Right, uh, and that's it's it. It's mine. I yeah. shouldn't have to pay you any more money. Right, if you come out with something new that I couldn't buy yeah. at the time, maybe maybe that's worth it, but not for these things. And, hey, we're going to talk tech about robot recharge, Ford's hands-free charging. 
And should driver safety features have standardized names? Yes. One study says yes. We'll tell you about that and a whole lot more when we get rolling. On this edition of Cruise Control, Fred Staub here, Les Jackson over there. We will be right back. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Welcome back. And, <laughs> Les Jackson. <laughs> yes, I was about to say welcome back. Uh, not welcome, not so much welcoming you, Fred, but welcoming <laughs> our listeners. And as we uh, started off, we want to give you the J.D. Power appeal. Uh, appeal study this is you know what what do people want what do people uh find appealing most important uh, what appealing and appeal stands for automotive performance yep execution and layout and uh that is the basis of this 2022 study u.s appeal study which measures the owner's emotional attachment and excitement with their new vehicle and overall satisfaction with the new vehicle appeal. And it's down a little bit due to high gas prices. It's kind of it's kind of yep. hurt the relationship a little bit with the vehicle, Les. Well, it does because it keeps annoying you that it wants to be fed. <laughs> uh, although prices are dropping now you know around here they're now down in the low fours to the high three dollars i'm bringing out the big block with the uh double pumper on it yeah. <laughs> actually you're building one of those now but not for yourself we're building yes um, <laughs> um but uh yeah it's an interesting idea i mean uh, let's face it the auto industry is built on this appeal it's built on this feeling about Buying a vehicle that makes you feel great and you come out and you'll look at it and you wash it and you feel good about it, right? Um, so let's talk about some of the results. And the one at the top, the top of the um, heap is Porsche. Let's face it, that's an aspirational vehicle for most people. And when they finally get it, it will be appealing, right? Oh, I think uh, we lost less for a second. So, uh, yes. So that is what they call, that's what they call an appealing vehicle because, uh, you know, it is a uh, something that you're looking for and looking forward to having. Now, uh, the mass market names, Dodge is one of the biggest uh, appealing vehicles. Uh, and of course you look at all their performance vehicles like the Hellcat and the Challenger and the Charger. These are vehicles that, uh, people want to, um, have and want to, uh, uh, aspire to, and probably find a very, very appealing when they're in their driveway. So, uh, that is no surprise either. And for the first time in the study, Tesla, uh, is a brand that has achieved a score of 887 uh, on this appeal. And I think probably a lot of people uh, aspire to a Tesla, whether they realize that, uh, you know, a Tesla is uh, sometimes the quality is not there, but they certainly um, they certainly may aspire to it and may think like, wow, this is really a futuristic vehicle. Now, how do they calculate these numbers? Well, let's talk about it. And uh, J.D. Power 
looks at driving comfort, driving feel, exterior styling, feeling of safety, fuel economy, getting in and out, infotainment, interior design, powertrain, and setting up and starting. A lot of these things are what I look at or what Les looks at when we um, when we uh, test a vehicle. And that is that is, you know, how we think about it. We think about how would we use this vehicle uh, if we were if we were to buy it our own on our own. And so the brands that truly delight Les Jackson, that truly yes, delight indeed. people are Porsche, which I said is a very aspirational brand, right? Uh, let's very put, much uh, great car, uh, but expensive. Expensive. Yep. Uh, Genesis, which you and mm -hmm. I love. We talk about that a lot. Cadillac, by the way, we should talk that about their Celestique that they just uh, revealed. Yeah, that that there's a lot Boy, of a uh, lot of design, a lot of technology in there, and that is uh, going to be <laughs> a hand-built three hundred thousand dollar vehicle. Man, that is uh, um, that's just a tiny bit above my budget. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I dig the styling on the outside. I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure, but it's. I, I find it. It's striking. It's striking, and it's different. It's got the new face of Cadillac, but also Mercedes-Benz did well. BMW yep. did well. No surprise there on the appeal study. And we'll have more when we come back. We'll tell you about some more of the mass market of vehicles that were very appealing, according to J.D. Power, when we come back on Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. We were talking about the J.D. Power uh, appeal survey. Yeah. And there are a whole bunch of classes of vehicles that, that are on these survey, but, you know, premium brands that, and uh, the mass. We were actually, you teased before the break, the, uh, we were going to talk about the mass market. Yes. Uh, which... I I would call it the truck market. <laughs> yeah, definitely truck dominated for sure. Man. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, mass market. We told you a little bit about Dodge before, and Dodge being very aspirational. They've basically taken the Dodge brand, and it's all about all about the Hemi, basically. You know. Uh, yeah. So so that is a big deal there. But Ram comes in with a score of eight sixty three. Ahead of GMC with a score of 856. Always interesting, GMC. Um, I always wondered about GMC. I remember my dad had a GMC work truck, and you could see the holes where the Chevy bow tie would have been mounted. Right. It's I, like the same thing, you know? There's It quite literally is the same. I mean, I, I don't believe there are any upscale, upgraded components. Yeah. Same um, engines. But, just, you know. But they come trim. in. They come in ahead of Chevy. Uh, GMC has a score of eight fifty six. Chevy has a score of eight fifty one. And look at this. Kia comes in. Kia eight forty nine. Boy, the only non truck. Yeah. So uh, 
A couple of uh, the uh, premium models, compact premium car, Lexus IS, premium sporting car, Porsche 911, upper midsize premium car, Genesis G80, love it, premium car, Mercedes-Benz EQS, uh, small premium SUV, GLA, compact premium yep. SUV, Genesis G80. V70, they have done so well, haven't they, Genesis? They have really done well, and I'm glad to see Infinity on here. Yeah, you don't hear much about Infinity. We review no, you them. don't, and they're really a good brand. And then uh, upper midsize premium SUV BMW X6. I had one of those. I yeah, uh, I haven't been in the X6. I've been in all the others. Large premium SUV Jeep Grand Wagoneer. A lot. Yeah, that's a big vehicle. Uh, mass market SUVs and pickups, small SUV, Ford Bronco Sport. Very fun. I enjoyed my time in that, didn't you? Yep. Uh, of course, the Kia EV6, the uh, electric vehicle. They call that a compact SUV. It's interesting. That's right. And interesting midsize SUV. Haven't seen it uh, popular for a long time. The Nissan Murano, which I've always thought was a. Yeah. It, it was a trailblazer. When it came out, it was very unique, but now it's a little bit more common, I would say. Yeah, not just... Uh, mid-size pickup, Hyundai Santa Cruz. Large light-duty pickup, Ram 1500. Yep. And large heavy-duty pickup, Ford F-Series Super Duty. Of course. Just, now let's get to cars. Yeah, cars. let's go cars. You know, sedans. J.D. Power Appeal Study 2022. <laughs> Small car Nissan Versa. This is a deal of the century for inexpensive, well-equipped car, isn't it? It sure is. You know? Uh, compact car. This is sort of interesting. Mini Cooper Clubman. Yep. Compact sporty car. Mini Cooper. Yep. Mid-size car, Kia K5. I was in one of them, and it was a great vehicle. Reviewed it at the wheel not that yep. long time ago, and, and it was a good vehicle. And, of course, Kia comes in with a minivan, too, the Kia Carnival, which I have not been in that. Yeah, I've been um, in it. It's good. It's a good minivan. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it, if you're so inclined to have a minivan, but... Hey, let's uh, keep going here, Les. Uh, the brand new Chevy Colorado. Now, Colorado has been kind of a quirky vehicle for them. I mean, let's face it. The compact pickup truck market has expanded. We've got uh, the new uh, Nissan. We've got the new Nissan Frontier redesigned. We've got the Ford Ranger, all kind of special editions coming out of that. Their product they had, Chevy, was not that competitive. It had a part spin interior. No. looked like they grabbed a handful of Chevy Cobalt parts off the shelf <laughs> from a few years ago. It didn't come with keyless uh, ignition, even though you could get expensive models that were almost $45,000. You had to turn the key. It was a, a vehicle behind the times. Now they've completely redone it for 2023. This is one I would say it pays to wait because the interior yep. is modern. The interior is not the part spin special with the switch gear from the 90s. 
it is it is a solid vehicle. Now, certain changes though, you're going to lose the diesel engine. Uh, it's going to have three models of the same engine. The 2.7 liter turbo, which is the small engine that you can get in the Silverado, will be the only engine that comes in the Colorado, but it comes in three tunes. A 2.7 liter turbo at 237, a 2.7 liter turbo plus at 310, and a 2.7 liter turn up the wick turbo high output at uh, 310 with 430 foot pounds yeah. of torque. That's 2.7 liters. Not not a big engine, but 430 foot pounds of torque. They've made this thing look like a mini Silverado. They have. There's a work truck version yep. uh, that you can get. And then you can go all the way up to the ZR2 performance version. Uh, there's a Trail Boss version, a Z71. Uh, it's got selectable drive modes, normal, to haul, off-road, terrain, and Baja for high-speed desert running. I know you do that often, right? Well, you know, it's not exactly far from a mini Silverado because the length is 213 inches, mm -hmm. which is only, uh, you know, nine inches short of 20 feet. Yeah, that's a big truck, actually. That's, you know, that you just a few years ago, you would have said 20 feet is bigger than even a full-size truck. Yeah. Well, I think... Hmm. This can't come soon enough to their lineup because no, not for Chevy. Yeah, they need to be a player in that field, and <clears throat> you know it's really what they had was an outdated product. So I would encourage yeah. people to wait for the 2023 model unless they can get an extremely good deal on 2022. I mean, when you bought their off-road version of that vehicle for forty-five, almost fifty thousand dollars, and there's no push button start. That's pretty bad, isn't it? <laughs> You're right. You know, and I think I, I think I had one of those a while back, and that was one of the things I called out. It's like, where, why, why are we turning keys? Are we going to be cranking windows next? And you know, it <laughs> it really was a partsman interior. You know, here comes all the rocker switches from from the uh, '90s and the Chevy Cobalt, basically. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like we had this kicking around. We had extras, so we just put them in. But uh, the new Colorado, it's going to be out, I believe, in the fall. And uh, I think it is a welcome addition. Um, but you have a story about this vehicle, the Ford Lightning. It gets a police version of this. Yeah. Um, this is this is really interesting. This will be this will be the first electric police vehicle, right? I believe so. I believe they toyed around with doing some mock ease, but I don't know if they ever did did them. Yeah, so it's going to be fitted out uh, as a police vehicle, which will be it's already heavy duty. Yeah, uh, I don't think you need to do much. Got the hose out rear seats for hose out untimely rear release of fluids. Um, <laughs> It's and and of course no no door handles on the back. That's right. <laughs> on the inside in the back. We'll tell you though more about this. This is gonna be the ultimate, I think, catch or pit type vehicle. 
you know, where they bump them and uh, spin them yep. out. We'll tell you about the numbers when we come back on Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We'll be right back. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. We, uh, Fred and I, were just getting into the uh, new Ford Lightning, uh, F-150 Lightning Police version. Now, I'm I'm getting a Lightning in a three or four weeks. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it won't be a police version. You won't have built-in steel intrusion plates in the front seat backs. No, I won't. Um, <laughs> or an upfit-friendly reinforced instrument panel top tray. That's right. Uh, and I won't have uh, easy-to-clean <laughs> vinyl rear seats. <laughs> yeah. Which we're not even going to go into specifics there. I don't want to be the guy that cleans them. You know, I would take the hose from oh, 20 no. feet away and hose it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd call the fire department. Yeah. Get the deluge gun, spray it. <laughs> um, now, I, I have a question, though. Um, I mean, obviously, it looks like a big, rugged F 150. It looks which like they an F 150. Yeah. Um, but with this typical high ground clearance and, yeah. you know, that doesn't make the most stable, high speed, uh, quick handling vehicle. And that tells me that either, uh, they've got some secrets in terms of stability, electronic stability, cop shocks, or, <laughs> uh, it's going to take some special training. You know, I don't know. Now there are some. Pursuit rated vehicles and non-pursuit rated vehicles. The way this one's tricked out, it looks like it's a pursuit vehicle. It's got lights, got a push bar, police markings, you know. And you look at the numbers for the the standard range battery, 452 on the yeah. horsepower, 775 uh, on the torque. Um, and, uh, and then the other one, uh, the... the Extended range, 580 horsepower, 775 pound-feet of torque, zero to 60 in sub four. I yeah, mean, this this thing, seven. That, that is, that's a monster, isn't it, for a police well, vehicle? Well, it is, um, but you kind of need that uh, these days, but, you know, with idiots uh, driving really high-performance cars and, and speeding and weaving in and out. But you make a great point about has the suspension been updated, you know, because it is a high-riding vehicle. They, they, I believe their regular gas-powered F-150 is pursuit-rated. So, you, got, you know, because sometimes these trucks are used for towing horses or towing sure. a police boat or, you know, who knows, traffic control. But um, I think this one might be pursuit-rated. I mean, let's face it. The Tahoe is pursuit rated. The the uh, police interceptor uh, explorer basically is is uh, pursuit rated. That's what basically all the police cars are now. So, yeah, um, and they're high up. Well, of course, the you know the Secret Service uses pretty much exclusively uh, big SUVs. Yeah, Suburbans and Tahoes and things like that. Yeah. 
But cool looking truck. Um, do you think uh, uh, fleets will buy it? You know, do you think the um, well? I oops. think certain certain jurisdictions. I don't expect to see them around the city. No, they're expensive. But, They've got to be. You expensive. know, out in the country, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, I think the horsepower number. Like I could see that used right. sitting on the side of the road with a radar gun in it and because you're right up to speed, <laughs> zero to 60 in four seconds, you'd be right on somebody. You're right on him. Yeah. Now, do you think, um, you know, these are run running three shifts, at least two shifts. Yeah. Um, are they going to have to recharge between shifts? Because interesting they, uh, police cars could e- easily put, Two to three hundred miles uh, on it in a day. Yeah, and most of the time they're sitting on the side of the road, waiting, and that's the hard part about a gas car because they're sitting on, yeah. they're idling all all the time, and then they go from idle to wide open throttle, and then back down to idle again. You know, so I don't know. It, it will be interesting to see. I mean, electric police cars will be great for cities and things like that. I think we'll yeah. have to see. We will have to see. Um, but if you want an F-150, even though you'll have to get a 2023 model, uh, Ford has come out with one that I think is kind of cool. And uh, let's see if you agree, Les Jackson. It is the F-150 Rattler. This is an off-roader light option. It's a, hmm. only a, a $1,495 option. And it adds aesthetic updates some bits borrowed from the FX4 model, and it is known as a value-driven off-roader. Um, and it gives you some special trim, but it also gives you uh, some uh, all-terrain tires, locking E-diff in the rear, hill descent control, skid plates. It's not bad for that that upgrade. You get a little special, special um, call-outs on the side. I kind of like the bigger tires and the black wheels. It kind of looks good on the Ford truck. Um, you have to order a Super Cab F-150 with an engine other than the base V6 and with the XL High package, at least. Um, over at uh, CarBuzz, they specced it out, and they were able to get this uh, doing the all the less expensive options on the F-150 Rattler, they are able to get it down to 42690 which is less than the Tremor F-150. That's much cheaper than I thought. Yeah, it's a cool-looking truck, um, you know, and you get those Rattler names on the side. You know, that was that was always like a 60s uh, Nitro funny car name, like, you know, the uh, DC Rattler or yeah, something like that. Right. <laughs> you know, Uh but it looks good with the bigger tires and black wheels. I, I think it's nice, and it's if you don't want like a full on, um, a full on uh, uh, off roader, you don't want to spend the money for that. You know, it might be a nice way to go. What do you think? Yeah. Um, again, um, trucks are so popular mm-hmm. now with so many people that. Yeah, what's the availability? Yeah. Well, don't know. Don't know. Here's something that you might be upset about. Uh, the W16 Bugatti is going out of production. It is a working piece of art, isn't it? 
You know, um, I have a tremendous affinity for for that engine, as I always had for the for the uh, BRM engine, uh, Formula One engine from the '60s, mm -hmm. which was also a sixteen-cylinder, uh, most complex engine you could think of, and you know, look at look at that. Well, we're looking uh, at a photo of a block. Yeah. I mean, um, it is really a, 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 not only a piece of automotive art, but it's a it's a piece of engineering art. Yes, eight liter engine, a thousand and one horsepower, and uh, it can accelerate the Bugatti from zero to hundred kilometers per hour, which is what sixty two. That's sixty sixty two in just two point five seconds. Get yep. your oxygen mask. <laughs> Get your well, pressure suit. You're you're beginning to pull G forces there. Yeah. Wow. What an engine. Uh, but it, it is, could be yeah. the last of its kind. Um, very complex. A W. It's like sort of like a off two offset V8s. It's two offset V8s, um, and uh, I believe it's four turbochargers. <laughs> um, I mean, I you know I know the Bugatti very well. The, the 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 cars have ten radiators. Wow. Um, I mean, it is a complex car. What would you swap that engine into? You really couldn't. It's a huge engine. It's very wide. You just have to have like like a how about like an aerial atom type of thing, just a frame with the engine. Around. Well, except. The engine's every bit of three feet wide. Wow. You just have to have it hanging out with a little yeah. cockpit that, bin. This, By the way, this is the engine that originally was in the Volkswagen Phaeton. Oh, my gosh. Not as powerful, of course. <laughs> yeah, they put a little tune on this one. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. That is that is something else. What a piece of art. It's, it is, and I, I would dearly love to have one of those engines. I'd love uh, to have a model of one of these that you would build. Well, I wonder if you can get one. I'm, I'm going to look that up. Yeah, that would be cool to have. That I might be able to afford. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'll go, I'll go 50-50 with you on the model. You want to be a cool guy, have one of the blocks, you know how they make the, the uh, make cocktail the tables, table. uh, coffee yep. tables out of it? That would be crazy, wouldn't it? And have a lamp as the crankshaft. But that block, I am certain, uh, will cost you $50,000. Oh, my. Okay. Well, scratch that idea. But we will be back with more cruise yeah. control. We got a ton to get to. Tuners, activating seats, robotic recharges, and safety features getting common names. All coming up on Cruise Control. I'm Fred Stubb. He is Les Jackson. We We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. That's the show you're listening to, your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Check out our YouTube page. Been a lot going on over there. And uh, also our other social media type things. Instagram, Facebook, all that. Right. Keep you up to date on the show. Uh, you know, we're used to tuners, Les, taking those factory cars, getting into the computer, 
and pulling out more power. Maybe you turn off a speed limiter. Maybe you add more boost to the engine, you know, richen it up. And this is what they do. And they, 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 we know manufacturers leave a little horsepower on the table for future model years or also to give them that reliability. If you're look, you know, thinking like, well, I like a little more power, you know, you can get that with a tuner. Right. Well, now, as one manufacturer named BMW is kind of moving towards a subscription-based approach to things like navigation, um, heated seats, heated steering wheel, certain other features, they want you to pay on a monthly basis. They call them micro transactions, right? Um, yeah. Mercedes has done this with the S class, with the rear steering, some other features. There's a lot of pushback on this. People don't like that. They don't want to be nickel and dimed. They don't want to pay for things that they used to be able to get for, get to with their cars. I don't, I, I think it's a bad idea. Don't you think it's a bad idea? I, I just think it's, it's a sleazy idea. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's disingenuous. Yeah, it it really is. And so much so that BMW was so worried with the backlash. They said, well, here's the thing, you know, we're, we're trying to unlock these features for people that, um, you know, bought, bought a car and it didn't have heated seats and we'll unlock that feature. Not for people, we're not thinking of it as, you know, you buy a BMW uh, and you can't buy heated seats anymore. We're looking for it to for people to add features to cars. Then I would say, then why not just make it a one time fee? You know, right to, to yeah. do that. And this all came from Tesla. Tesla did this with autopilot and some of the other things. And I I just think it's a bad way to go. I really do. I do. But there's always help in the aftermarket and tuning firms that had formerly tried to build up more horsepower or remove speed limiters or things like that now are unlocking certain <laughs> features like heated seats, heated steering wheels, um, all kinds of things. How long the automatic wipers run for, uh, that has become an industry for uh, these tuners to unlock these things. Pretty interesting, right? It is interesting. Um, I, I find it rather appealing. <laughs> yes. To be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, and and I, I'm, you know, I, I'm all for it. I think, hey, if you can, uh, if you can avoid these these rather underhanded systems of just extracting more money out of you, right. Um, then good for you. You know, and I don't even have a problem with, you know, if it's not just a safety thing, but let's say they're adding new features and you can add it to an older car, but it's, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it seems it seems like they want to move to this model where you keep paying for your car after you bought it. Right. And that's, um, they don't have a problem with upgrading older cars if it's a one-time fee, hey, I didn't get heated seats. I can unlock them, and it's it shouldn't be much money because all everything's there. You know, it should be a cut one-time fee of a couple hundred dollars or something like that. That's what I think. But they're yeah, gonna well, they want yeah, a constant right. stream of money after 
they sell the car, just like they want to sell your data, you know, where you are data mining and make big money. Oh, he's near a Burger King. He's near a McDonald's. Oh, he's near, uh, you know, a Best Buy, let's say. And they want to sell all that data. Exactly. Data do, do we know? Do we know what, for instance, BMW charges per month? I'll, for ha these? I'll have to look into it. I, I want to say it's like $15 a month for as long as you want it. Oh, but that, that's... You know, there's one thing paying $15 a month for Sirius XM. Yeah, because you can do without it if you don't need it. You, yeah, you can cut it off. Stop it, start it. Yeah. <clears throat> but with the heated seats, that means I'm paying 15 a month here in July. <laughs> right. For my heated, well, no. Yep. That, that's just wrong. I should be able to, okay, if you want to charge me, I will pay you from October until... <laughs> But I don't know if they allow March. that. I don't know if they allow Probably it. Probably not. Here's a little tech from uh, Ford. It's a robotic recharge. If you recall, Tesla talked about doing this with this horrible, scary-looking snake thing that they're going to put in everyone's garage. But Ford has actually trial trialed a robot recharging system that is designed to help people with or, that are disabled maybe can't use their arms well, maybe they're in a uh, wheelchair, and it would kind of just come out, find the spot, and, um, you know, connect to the car. Not a bad idea, huh? Actually, I think it's a great idea, and it's, I, I think it should be on all chargers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so people don't keep breaking the the connectors. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to do it. They're not going to slam the thing in there and and break it and then just walk away and like now you come to charge your vehicle and it's all busted, you know. So, interesting from Ford Robotic Recharge. Now, yeah. let's get to our last story because I think it's an important one. You and I in our role here on Cruise Control always try to educate our listeners to what's going on, all the safety features when they buy a vehicle. But one of the most confusing things people write in about is um, they don't really know what a lot of these driver aids are, like uh, lane departure or uh, emergency braking. And uh, it's yep. kind of confusing. You don't know what you're buying when you buy it because they're all marketing names, you know. Right. Uh, Subaru. Command pilot, Command autopilot. Right. You know. Eyesight from Subaru, yeah. right? Right. And they're all made to be like a unique thing, a marketing name. So experts from AAA and Consumer Reports, J.D. Power, the National Safety Council, uh, PAVE, I'm not sure what that stands for, and SAE International – uh, devised a list of terms to clarify and simplify these names. They think they should be adopted by all manufacturers as a standardized, uh, you know, platform so people yeah. know what they're getting. Like, uh, you know, they say uh, features like Toyota Safety Sense or Honda Sensing are fine, but some of these thing names don't make any sense. And they don't know what they do and where they work. And it, it is kind of hard to figure that all out, isn't it? It is. And, uh, you know, they did standardize ABS. Yes. Uh, years ago. And, Didn't it used and to be called skid control or something like that? Exactly. Uh, but they standardized that. And they standardized uh, um, 
uh, airbags right. as supplemental restraint systems. And SRS. everything has to be labeled SRS. Right. So, yeah, come on. Let's do that. I think it's a good idea. Some of these safety systems work. Uh, you know, some work for pedestrians, some don't work for pedestrians, some work at certain speeds, some won't right. stop the car completely, some will some, stop the car, yeah. uh, some won't work over certain speeds. You don't know. I You'd have to really dig into it to figure that out, right? Um, Absolutely. So I think it's a great idea. I don't know if manufacturers will like it because they try to make their system unique. Let's face it. They're all kind of buying a lot of the same sensors from the same vendors. Sure. So it really isn't unique, although it might be the way it's implemented. So I'm with AAA, Consumer Reports, J.D. Power, National Safety Council, and more on doing this. And I think we'll be make it easier to buy a vehicle. Hey, we appreciate you listening to Cruise Control. We'll see you down the road. Bye. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.